What an awesome sermon series we've been busy with, Undignified. And today we're, we're wrapping up this, this sermon series. And it's really been speaking into my life in a sense of how we worship here in a, a school hall that we can praise God, we can, we, can, we can kneel down, we can praise Him, we can bring thanksgiving, but also how can I apply this in my life? So it's really been a, a powerful sermon series and I want to give us a quick recap of, of what we've, we've gone through, just different ways that we can worship God undignified. So first week, Donnie preached about reverent worship. He spoke up from uh, 2 Samuel 6 about God's holiness and, and when, uh, I believe it was Uzzah that, that touched the, the, the ark and then, then God's holiness and his, his obedience demanded a reverent worship to God. The second week, we spoke about Barak, which speaks about sincere consecration, where we bow down. It's, a, it's an act of worship when we bow down to Jesus. Then today, we preach about thanksgiving, about giving thanks to God, offering thanksgiving to Him. Yada is when we, we worship God with our hands, lifted high, extended hands, praising Him with our hands. And then last week, we preached about Shabbat, which speaks about our triumph, to shout and praise God, to, to glorify Him for the victory that we have. And um, this morning, as you've noticed, we, we're preaching about the, the Hebrew word halal. Uh, and this word halal, it means to shine, to boast, to praise, to, to clamorously worship God with, with everything we have. And it's an overflow of praise. And, and the word hallelujah comes from this word halal, and Yah. Now, Yah is really like a shortening of God's name, Jehovah. And uh, bringing these two together, it's saying that we are praising Jehovah. We are, we are praising God with, with, with praises. We, we're lifting up Him. So whenever we say hallelujah, it's actually like a praise be to God. Praise be to Him. And we, we're praising Him. So that's just the, the meaning of that statement. And we see this word specifically in Psalm 149, verse 3. It says, let them praise. Now, that praise is halal. Let, him, let, let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with the tambourine and the lyre. How beautiful is it that we can worship God in different ways. We can sing songs. We can shout words. We can praise his name. And we can use instruments. And we, we thank God for talent. So... Uh, that's why we have Eugene leading worship, because he's really talentful, and we believe it's God's talents that he is using well to, to praise. And my, my title for this morning is Undignified Praise. And to, to study this, we're going to go back to 2 Samuel 6. So Donnie started off that chapter, he worked about halfway, and now we're doing the rest of it. So 2 Samuel 6, we're going to read from verse 12. So if you have your Bibles with you, welcome to follow along. <clears throat> I'm just going to, it's also on the screen. To Samuel 6 verse 12. And it was told King David, The Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. 
So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Ebedodim to the city of David with rejoicing. And when those who bore the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fattened animal. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the horn. As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts and distributed among all the people the whole multitude of Israel, both men and women, a cake of bread, a portion of meat, a cake of raisins to each one. Then all the people departed each to his house. Verse 20, And David returned to bless his household, but Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How the king of Israel honored himself today, uncovering himself today before the eyes of his servants, female servants, as one of the vulgar fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. And David said to Michal, It was before the Lord who, who chose me above your father and above all his house, to appoint me as prince over Israel, the people of the Lord. And I will celebrate before the Lord. I will make myself yet more contemptible than this. And I will be abased in your eyes. But by the female servants of whom you have spoken, by them I shall be held in honor. And Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no child to the end of her death. Let's pray together. Yes, Father, we thank you for your word, God. We thank you that, that it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for training in godliness and in righteousness, Lord. I pray that, that your word would do that this morning, that from this, this understanding of how David worshipped, how David halaled, how he praised to God, that we can apply that in our lives. We pray that you would come and and move in our hearts, Holy Spirit. We just welcome you to come and uh, to, to train us, to teach us, God, your, your will and your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this is actually like a very profound moment. But I want to uh, speak on this topic of uh, halal or on the uh, concept of undignified praise by really studying and maybe like a, a bit of a case study of, of David in this section. So we're actually going to look at really four reasons of why David could worship God undignified. So the first reason why David could worship and why he did was really there was a worthy occasion to worship. Uh, point one, it says in 2 Samuel 6 verse 12, and it was told King David, the Lord had blessed the household of Obedidim and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obedidim in the 
to the city of David with rejoicing. So from this chapter, we see how the Ark of the Covenant, or the, the Ark of God, was uh, in the first part. They brought the Ark, and then someone did something wrong, and someone died. And immediately there was fear in David, because I'm, I'm just going to pause here, so I'm not going to bring the Ark of God into my house, into my city. I'm just going to put it there where it's safe. Uh, it's almost like keeping it safe. But now this word comes to David and says, that city is okay. okay? They are fine. And it's, it's actually a message to David and says, you are welcome to bring in the Ark into the house of David, into where God wanted to be, in the right way, in a reverent way. So this was really a sign that, that you are welcome to bring it in. And then David brought it in. They, they brought in the ark. And then it's like a worthy occasion because this is what David has been wanting, what he's been longing for. And more than this victory of the ark that it is now in the city, it speaks of something. The ark of the covenant, firstly, it's a sign of God's presence. Because when the Ark of the Covenant is in the city, it's in your, in your region, then there was a blessing. It's a sign that God's presence is there. It's a sign that His blessing is there. And for David, it, it could have meant like just the, the hard work paid off. The, the blood, the sweat, the wars that he had to fight against the Philistines that, that stole it. And it was a big mess before this, but this is now a victory. It's a worthy occasion for David because... The Ark of the Covenant is where God had said it should be. And he is now rejoicing. It's this glorious moment for all the people, and they're really celebrating together. It was a worthy occasion. And I'm trying to think of, we got, we're also going to celebrate, there's some worthy occasions in our life to celebrate. Uh, we, we celebrated birthdays this morning. We're celebrating milestones, these worthy occasions. We're also going to celebrate when the, uh, Springboks win the World Cup um, at the end of this <laughs> series. So we, it's gonna, there's worthy occasions in our lives, but this occasion in David's life, it was fundamental for his people to keep on thriving. And he was thankful. Uh, so first point is the reason why David could celebrate is because he had a legitimate reason to celebrate God. He was just like celebrating, thank you, Lord, thank you, God, rejoicing and praising for, the, for this victory. The Ark of the Covenant is where God wants it, and he has obeyed God fully. Firstly, there was a worthy occasion. Second point is we read from this, there was a, a worthy sacrifice. Is why could David worship God undignified. Why could he praise him? Second reason is a worthy sacrifice. And we read in two sections as part of this chapter 6 in verse 13 we see that when those who bore the ark of God had gone six steps, he sacrificed an ark, an ox and a fattened animal. And again in verse 18, when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of the hosts. So there's two, two of these moments. So first, when six steps, they, they picked up the Ark of the Covenant, they carried six steps, and they, they sacrificed, they celebrated, they, they made offerings to God. And then later, when it was now in the city, they again sacrificed offerings towards God. Now, 
that's a lot of sacrifices. Um, so there were times where sacrifices were required, and, but this, what we see from this message is that there was more than enough sacrifices. David did the bare minimum, and then he did more. So this concept of lavish sacrifices, a worthy sacrifice to God. Secondly, there was two types of offerings that we read in, in 2 Samuel, where the one is a burnt offering. Now, the, the, the focus of a burnt offering was to bring ourselves, or consecrate ourselves towards God. And the aim of that is to bridge the gap between the holy God and the sinful man. And that is why burnt offerings was done, to, to almost get this temporary way to get a solution for our sin. So it was just this temporary sacrifices that they had to do in the Old Testament over and over and over again because they sinned and they had to sacrifice again, sinned and sacrifice again. Uh, so it was really temporary. So that's the burnt offering. The other offering is what we read is peace offerings. Now, peace offerings, it's, it's an offering where we, we state our fellowship with God. So you had to do the burnt offering, but the peace offering was then put on top of that and saying, it's because of my fellowship. I want to praise God. I want to worship. I want to give more than enough. There was this giving to God, which is more than enough. See, David, he sacrificed, he worshiped God more than enough. There was a worthy sacrifice towards God. And as I was reading this, I was thinking of David's heart, where he, where was his heart? If, if you want to give more than enough, you, your heart needs to be at a place of worship. It needs to be right with God. But he was giving more than enough. His, his heart was really towards God and blessing him. And then we can ask a question like, how is our worship? Do we worship God just enough? Like, it's almost like I, I made my calculations. I'm, of, I'm going to give a tenth of my time and then... That's it. Or oh, how is our sacrifices towards God? Do we, is there a limit that we place that we say, God, this I give to you, this 10% or 15 if you're generous, and the other 75, I'll have some control over that. How much worship is enough towards God? So I believe that David, he gave a worthy sacrifice towards God, and, and we see the blessing that they could actually get the ark where David had pitched it. So there was some preparation. Second reason why David could worship God, could praise Him undignified, is because there's worthy sacrifices that was given. The third reason is that David took a worthy position to, to praise God. He took in a worthy position. Now when we read from verse uh, 16, we see where Michelle comes into the story. Now, this part of the, the chapter actually speaks of Michelle is Saul's daughter. And it's almost like the Bible is preparing us in what way she's now going to be introduced into the story. Because Michelle is actually David's wife. But they don't say David's wife. It's a Saul's daughter. And it's actually like putting her in a, in a certain view but we see that there's this difference between David and Michelle. On the one side, when we look at the activity, like David was praising God. He was worshiping God. He was uh, singing and dancing and, and lifting up his voice, shouting towards God. 
from among the people where Michelle, she was, she was criticizing David. She looked with contempt at him, at, at what he was doing, what he was busy with. She looked at contempt from a distance. So in terms of location, David was among the people. He, he worshipped among the people. He danced among the people. And uh, maybe those who noticed, like she said, he was like uh, humiliating himself in his linen cloth. Now, it seems like David was naked, uh, but what actually was happening there is he was just laying down his royal robes and he was actually dressed like all the other Levites, like all the other uh, people that praise God together, all the others. So he was among the people where Michelle, she looked from, a, from her window, from her window sills, she would look and she would see David and the people, how they are worshipping God. And we look in terms of the identity of David, of how David, he took in uh, just a, a servant mindset. He let down his royal robes. Uh, he, he only had, let's call it, common clothes on. And Michelle, this is a proper English word that I got there. She was holier than thou. I googled, it's a word. Um, but she took this, this, this status of, like, you are undignifying me. You are, uh, I'm holier than thou. How could you dress in the common way? How could you do that? So we see this comparison between David and his approach in terms of praising God, being among the people, really taking in a position of humility. And the other side, we see Michelle, that she's looking from a window, she's criticizing, she's uh, like judging David from a distance, he's like the people, and she's holding on to her status, and she's really taking in a position of pride. And we see that the worthy position here is David's position, is to take a position of humility, to surrender, to, to praise God, to letting down his royal robes, and to praise him. See, David was worshipping God undignified, while Michelle, she was really trying to keep her dignity. She was trying to hold on to her status, hold on to her house, her, her window, her position. She was holding on to that, fighting for her dignity, where David worshipped God and he gives up his dignity. See, David took a position of humility. Michelle took a position of pride. Where do you find your dignity in? Is it your relationships, is it your status, your finances, your maybe your cultural upbringing, social norms, like this is not how I was raised to do this or to worship God or to act in a way? What defines your dignity? Where do you find your dignity? See, David firstly gave, there was a worthy occasion, worthy sacrifice. He took in a worthy position to enable him to worship God. And then finally, the reason why David could worship God or praise God undignified is because he had a worthy focus. To Samuel 6 verse 21, it says, and David said to Michelle, It was before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all his house 
to appoint me as prince over Israel, the people of the Lord. And I will celebrate before the Lord. And I will make myself yet more contemptible than this. And I will be abased in your eyes, but by the female servants of whom you have spoken, by them I shall be held in honor. See, David's focus was to be before the Lord. See, he didn't worry really about what his wife said at that moment because his focus was on God. And it's usually when we shift our focus where it comes difficult to praise God undignified. It is, is when, we, when we struggle to praise God in an undignified way, there's usually something that we have moved our focus to instead of God. And this is really like normal for, for us as people because it's so normal for us to be self-conscious, to focus on ourselves. And, and it's almost like corporate or, or the workspace teaches you this, like how are you dressed? Uh, how do you look? How do you present yourself? You want to uh, get a promotion, you need to work harder. How are you? Uh, what are you bringing to the table? But what we see here is David's worship, it was focused on God. And instead of being self-conscious and looking how am I dressed or how do I look or how do I sound when I sing or, or um, like, I want to, sorry, um, my wife is a better dancer than me, so um, how do I dance compared to her? Like, if we start to compare, what we're really doing is we're moving the focus from God to someone else or to ourselves. We see that Michelle, she was, she was self-conscious. She was focused on getting a self-image from herself. But, but David was focused on God. And the, the, many times the reason why we can't praise God undignified is because we have the wrong focus. May our focus be on the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one that saved, the one that gave his everything for us. You see that... David could worship God in an undignified because there was a worthy occasion to worship. There was a worthy sacrifice. He sacrificed and, and he could bring this offering to God to, to fulfill his, um, to, to cleanse his sin, if I can say it like that. But then he was also in a worthy position to take a position of humility. And he could worship God, praise God undignified because he had a worthy focus. And I want to invite the band up, but I want to ask this question is then, if that is David's reasons for worship, why can we praise God undignified? Why, why should we? Why, why can we as the church today, why can we praise God undignified? And I want to I highlight and compare David's life, and, and he had a worthy occasion. And firstly, David had victory, and the, and the ark came into the city. The ark was, his, his job was completed. There was victory. The ark came into the city of Jerusalem within the Israelites. And, and the worthy occasion, the most worthy occasion for us is when Jesus, he came and he got victory. See, Jesus is our victory. So when, when Jesus came, he left heaven and he left earth, he came to earth. See, he left something, but he came so that we can have that victory. 
See, there was a worthy sacrifice where David had to give offerings all the time, burnt offerings, peace offerings, and we had to, he had to give more than enough. You see that the reason why we can praise God undignified is because of Christ's body that was sacrificed for us. See, David, he took a position, a worthy position to, to lay down his royal robes in the same way Christ down, laid down his royal robes. We, he came as a humble servant. He walked in dirty roads. And it offered his life for us. See, David, he was, he was focused on worshipping God, on worshipping the Father, on worshipping and glorifying him. With Jesus, he was on the cross. He was obeying the Father but he had, no, had another focus on he wanted to save the world. See, for the church, this is our reality. Like Jesus, he is our ark. He is our sacrifice. He is our way we can go to and, and position ourselves in, a, in a, a position of humility. And then when we focus on God, we place all our focus on him, we can worship God undignified. See, really, the, the most dignified thing that we can do is to worship God undignified. And I want to I invite us to stand, and we're going we're gonna to respond in praise to, to the worthy occasion, to what Jesus has done. And, and if you need to remind yourself this morning of what has Jesus done in your life, what is that worthy occasion we can keep on praising God for, for who He is, for what He has done? We can take a moment to, to focus on the cross. See, the worthy sacrifices, the lamb that was slain with no blemish, no spot. He lived this perfect life that we had to live, but He did it in our place. It was a worthy sacrifice. And ask yourself this morning, what position are you taking in, in response to God, into who He is? And what's your focus? Are we worshiping God? Are we focusing on Him? What are the things in your life that you are focusing on instead of God?